Welcome to the Happy Whole You Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, a doctor of traditional naturopathy and certified brain health professional. Now, those of you that know Happy Whole You, you know that we are all about health and well-being. And we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. Hey, you guys, welcome to the episode. Today, I have a friend all the way from Australia, Arwen Bardsley, and she is going to share the 411 on toxins and give you guys some amazing tips. And she really loves to explore the full spectrum of modern science and combine it with ancient wisdom to help people really get their energy back and hold on to it. And she has this Evan Star Five Star Wellbeing program that includes food, movement, sleep, surroundings, and just being to help one with their levels of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So I'm so excited to share her with you. And don't forget to look at the show notes because we do have some amazing links with resources for you. So here we go. All right, Arwen, thank you so much for joining me on the Happy Holy Podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be able to be on the other side of the interview for a change. <laughs> yes. It's so crazy that, you know, you interviewed me for your podcast. I'm interviewing you for mine. And what's beautiful about technology is you're in Australia. I'm here in California and uh, we can have a conversation and share it with the world. <laughs> it is. It is. That's, I think, it's been one really, I mean, I know we could already do that before the pandemic, but I think it just really made people reach out in, in these ways, which we were able to during that time and more aware of the fact that you can, you can do these things. You don't have to be in the same physical space. And yeah, it's, it's been an absolute blessing to come out of a very difficult couple of years. Yes, for sure. Well, I was excited to interview you because I wanted to talk to you about all things toxins. I know that this is your jam and you have a lot of great information. And honestly, on this podcast, we haven't done a podcast specifically talking about toxins. So let's get into the toxins and maybe just share with us why like why did this become so important to you how did this get brought to the forefront of your mind because there are a lot of people walking around unaware of the toxicity levels in their own body or even know that they're being exposed to them yeah that's so true i think I don't know that there was something specific. So a lot of people do get into this space of 
you know, a, a low tox approach because they have a, a terrible health concern that comes up for them. And, you know, in their research as to how to get well, they realise that probably they're exposing themselves to toxins, as you've just said, very unwittingly. But for me, that wasn't the case. It was a case of wanting to help the people that I serve. So my clients in my practice. And as I explained to you, when we were talking about doing this interview, the way I, so I had a, a 20 year career in human resources related fields, but had always, you know, even when I was in high school, I actually considered becoming a doctor in the sort of second half of high school, but I hated chemistry. So, and that was an absolute prerequisite. So I, I just was like, oh, I have to give up that idea and went into, did a qualification in psychology initially, and, but then took that into the corporate world rather than into, you know, the health, the health world so much. But when I started um, going through, I guess, a bit of a midlife crisis and realising, you know, I really want to do what's passionate to me. And I'd always had this interest in health and, in fact, had also started in my 20s and started a second degree in naturopathy, but then had babies and that very much derailed me. <laughs> but anyway... When I got into having a, a practice of well-being and starting to work for myself in well-being, the first thing I did was energy healing, which was great and is great and I still do it a lot. And I think I really feel confident that more and more people are going to realise the benefits of doing that. And, you know, especially as a complement to Western medicine and, and all other sorts of modalities as well, it just really helps the healing process. But what I began to notice was, well, this is great for my clients in this time that they're with me and, you know, they'll feel the benefits for a few weeks afterwards. But if they're going out and exposing themselves to a whole lot of toxins, which generally most people are because they don't understand, then it just becomes more and more difficult for them to, to heal and to feel really well. So for me, it was a way of exploring what information can I research and give on, pass on to my clients so that they can experience the benefits of wellness in a much longer lasting way. And also, you know, we all, we are our own healers. We are the only people that can really heal ourselves. And being proactive about that is the absolute best approach. I'm sure you would totally agree with that. <laughs> yes. In your own practice. So, yeah, so it was really about finding out, well, what are all the things that we're exposed to that, that we might not be aware are dangerous and difficult for our bodies to process? And it's because we're in this very modern world where, number one, we move around a lot in a lot of different places. And number two, big business has created ways of manufacturing, processing, providing us with all this stuff that we seem to think we need in the most fast and efficient way for them. But that is not, not necessarily a natural way 
that out and producing things that are, are natural that our bodies know how to deal with and this is where the problem has come up so the key ones I always talk about when I'm just doing a really quick thing with someone um, in a session is plastics and fragrances but really what we need to get across is thinking about what is it that I'm putting into my body and what is it that I'm putting on my body? So all the things we put on our skin and expose mm -hmm. our skin to that are the keys. So I'm happy to go into any of that a bit more, how, whatever you want to delve into. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I love how you, it's very simple. What are we putting in our body, right? Eating, smelling, and then what are we putting on our body in terms of our skin? Because it's the biggest organ in our body and it's going to yep. absorb. Yeah, that's, that's so, that's so great. So yeah, let's dive into on our skin because I grew up putting lotion, smelly lotion from like Victoria's Secret all over my body, like starting in, I think it was junior high, which when I think back, it makes me cringe because there I am starting to go through puberty and I am slathering endocrine disruptors all over my body with no warning, not knowing. And yeah. So if you could dive into that and how, you know, lotions and in that impacts your endocrine system and what parents should look out for. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's not just the lotions as well. It's the soap, the cleansers that we're using to, to actually supposedly cleanse our bodies. It's all the makeup products that we might use and other, other than lotion, you know, moisturizer, but other things, even, you know, including toners, things, other things that we put on our products, shaving products for the gentlemen out there. And then also coming down to things that we specifically put on our bodies to fragrance ourselves. So perfumes, colognes, aftershaves. And then the other things as well that we put on, you know, to, again, to keep ourselves safe. So things like sunscreen and insect repellent. So all of these things, if we're not looking out for the ingredients that are in them, then we're potentially doing ourselves a whole lot of harm. And as you've said, the main problem is the hormone, the endocrine disrupting um, properties of these things. So I'll just tell people what some of the, the problematic ingredients and, you know, like all of these things, you'll look on the ingredients in on, on any of those products and it's a list a mile long, which to start with, is a massive red flag. So the really problematic things, number one is phthalates, which is a chemical that's put into things to enhance the fragrance, to make the fragrance that's added to it last longer. And obviously we don't want things that have fragrances added to them as well. That That's always a problem. It's always an artificial fragrance or not always. So some products are fragranced using essential oils, which is really the only fragrance that we should be using on our bodies because it's it's natural, it's from plants or any plant oil, I guess. It's not just the essential oil because there are beautiful infused plant oils and things like that that you can get as well. But anyway, we're, you know, always coming back to, to nature, to what, what has Mother Earth created 
and not what is being created in a factory by man. So phthalates, very hormone disrupting. Luckily, phthalates don't accumulate in the body very much, so our body can process them. But the problem is that we're exposed to them all the time. So even, you know, you go to your local shopping mall and they'll be zapping it with you know, artificial fragrance, you know, you walk past the cookie shop and they've got artificial cookie fragrance or, you know, obviously anywhere where they are selling cosmetics and fragrances, then you're just bombarded by this, this artificial fragrance. And that's why we need to, you know, I'm, and I'm not saying don't ever go to a shopping mall, but I'm saying in your own home and in your own spaces as much as possible, avoid these things. So phthalates is a big one that's not just in our skincare products. Parabens are in a lot of skincare, makeup, personal care products. Again, hormone disruptive. Phenooxanilphenol, probably not even pronouncing that correctly, but this is the thing, like, <laughs> we have a name that we can't pronounce. Again, our personal care and skincare and makeup, again, hormone disrupting. Triclosan, which is in a lot of antibacterial products and it's added to things like makeup to, to keep them antibacterial. And again, it's a really, really dangerous chemical. It's another hormone disruptor. Octocrylene is another one. Isopropyl alumina, which as the name suggests, is made from aluminium or aluminum, I think you call it over there. PEGS, which is short for polyethylene glycols, is a carcinogenic. So that's the other thing. So hormone disruption and carcinogenic products. So we're putting these things on our skin and they're potentially increasing the risk of cancer for us. Microbeads, that's certainly something that has been jumped on here finally in Australia. I'm not sure about elsewhere in the world that it's actually illegal for products to have microbeads put in them. They're plastics. Plastics can be hormone disruptive as well. And then yeah. not to mention you're washing it down the drain and it's going into the ocean. So a lot of this stuff as well, my passion probably from a very, you know, from an extremely early age was around the planet, the planet Earth and the health of the planet Earth. And a lot of the time, of course, we are nature. And if things that are unhealthy for us, we're using on ourselves, they're not healthy for the planet either. And you're always going to wash them off. They're going to go into the water. They're going to end up in the sea. And it's just this big cycle of negativity and of harm. So the other one that a lot of people are aware of now, because a lot more products are saying that they have no SLES or no SLS in them, they're slightly different compounds, but they're, they're also very harmful. So the SLS is not carcinogenic, but the SLES can be carcinogenic. So they're just all things that are really problematic and, and plastic, as I mentioned, with the microbeads. So some of the plastics are much worse for us than others, but the number three, six and seven, you probably know that on the bottom of your plastic containers, you'll have that little recycling symbol and it's got a number, number in it. And we don't, so again, with using these personal care products, you want to avoid or you want to be, be aware of what they're packaged in as well. And, you know, look, most of the time that is going to be plastic and that's pretty unavoidable, but we want to really avoid 
any plastics that have that three, six or seven on them because that plastic compound is much more likely to leach into the product. And then again, you're putting something potentially hormone disruptive, potentially carcinogenic onto your skin, which as you said, is the, the biggest organ and it's extremely absorbent really quickly do things pass then into your bloodstream and and cause you harm so the next question i guess i might be jumping into what you're going to ask me as <laughs> well what we do instead the primary thing that people need to be aware of is to look at their ingredient lists so as i said at the start preferably it's not something that's a mile long now you can there can still be ingredient lists that are a mile long for more natural products but we want to avoid those really harmful chemicals a good tip as well is you can use something like there's an app called Chemical Maze. And if you're not sure what an ingredient is, if you enter it into that, that app, and there's probably others, but that's the one I use, then it'll tell you how harmful it is. So that's a really good tip. And if you have a really long ingredient list, you don't want to be doing that for all your ingredients. Right. <laughs> Be aware of these, these ones that are the most harmful and avoid them. So you want to find brands that you know you can trust. And there's more and more coming online now. One that I absolutely love and has been around for, I think it's more than a century now, is Walida. And that's definitely available all over the world. They even do things like... Um, use recycled plastic for their packaging. So they're all across making, making products which are good for people and good for the planet. And, and their products, what is really important as well, because a lot of the time people will go, oh, you know, I don't want to start using a big one is a natural de deodorant because <laughs> they feel like it's not going to work well. And a lot of them don't work well. But when you find a brand that you know you can trust, then you'll be happy with the way the product works as well. A great natural deodorant, yeah. just a tip for everyone, is a brand called Black Chicken. Now that is Australian, I'm, and, but I would say they'd be available everywhere. There's another one called Woohoo, which is, um, they're, so they're all, you know, they come in a tub and you have to, you know, spread them on your armpit. For some people that don't like that process and you can get you can get some spray ones as well. I know we'll need to do some spray ones, but you've got to find something that that works for you. A really good resource again that I would suggest for people is a website called Lotox Life. Um, again, this is a woman from Sydney who had some terrible health concerns, so Sydney, Australia, but she does have an audience all over the world and has a lot of research about products that are available all over the world as well. So that's a great place to, you can just go onto that website, lotoxlife.com, and then she's got a search feature and you can, you know, you could search for deodorant and then <laughs> multiple articles and things that she's researched, what, what you can use that is going to be good for you to use. Yeah, so, the, yeah, the deodorant on. one. So we've had a couple, I had, well, one CEO on from Beauty by Earth, which I'll put those in the show notes. They have some really good products as well. But one thing that we talked about was the deodorant. And, you know, there's a couple things with, with the natural deodorant. Number one, it's interesting because a lot of people are using antiperspirants. 
which is essentially stopping you from sweating, which is blocking one of your natural detoxification pathways. So that alone is a warning sign. But what people think is they think when they switch over to a natural deodorant that, oh, it's not working or they'll actually get a breakout in their armpit. But what they don't realize is that breakout isn't necessarily because of them reacting to that product. It's actually their body is detoxing, which is... I find really, really interesting. So um, yeah, so we'll definitely put information in the show notes and some of these links, you guys. And jumping back to that fragrance, and I don't know in Australia what the laws are, but I know in the United States, the word fragrance, like people look at that and they think that it's like one thing. But in America, you can actually have the word fragrance and that is considered, I believe, intellectual property, meaning they can put hundreds of chemicals under the one word of fragrance. And you are reading that one word thinking it is one thing and it could be, you know, a hundred different chemicals to make that smell or whatever it is. And I just think that that is so deceiving and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, it's exactly the same here. So really you want to watch out for the word fragrance and avoid a product that says fragrance. So for example, going back to Walida, they only use essential oils and it says clearly on there that it's essential oil that's fragrancing the product. But yeah, it's it's, um, absolutely shocking and so (laughs) dangerous. And, you know, let's hope that... um, you know, that changes in in the not too distant future. But the problem is that these um, big companies just have so much power and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and it's not just individual companies, but it's just, you know, sort of the industry in general. And yeah, it's, it's really, really something to be aware of. So just avoid anything that says fragrance on it. And even if it says natural fragrance. Right. Um, <laughs> We're all sucked in by this word natural and it's, they can call something. So with any additive and again, yeah, I'm not sure about the difference between in different areas, but you know, so for example, with a, a flavoring and we haven't gotten onto what we put into our body yet, but they can call something a natural flavoring, even if it only has less than 5% of the actual thing, you know, that it's Mm. saying is the natural um, flavor and all the rest is chemicals so it's a real worry and something that you know we once you know then you're you'll never yeah. go back yeah it's very very interesting you know and it's like you see commercials for you know the company I don't know what if it's Procter Gamble or whoever but for gain you know like oh add this sense these senses to like when you do your laundry and then you forget you're like literally putting those clothes on your body and you know if you're and if your body has if you have body odor it's probably something else going on within you right like it's one thing to work out and have a little bit of of you know mustiness but if you constantly find yourself smelling whether it be your breath or your body there's probably some foundational of health thing going on where your body isn't properly detoxing, but that's a whole nother thing. So yes, let's get into eating, like what, what people are, are eating and that they may not be aware of. Yeah. And, but before we do that, I, 
just you picking up on the laundry thing is a really <laughs> big thing as well. Yeah. So what what we're using um, to to clean our clothes is a really big thing because yeah, then they go on your skin and they stay on there for hours. So again, yeah. it's avoiding those dangerous chemicals. There's there's a lot more products available now that, and I think you know in you'll probably even find something in your um, local grocery store that actually is a lot better than many of the other things on the shelves. But then you can even go all the way to supernatural. So personally, what I moved to a few years ago is actually using soap nuts. I don't know if you have them there. I'm sure soap you nuts? Do. Yeah, yeah I don't know. soap nuts or there's another word soap soap berries or something like that so they're actually from a tree clearly um and <laughs> they you if you put these things in water and then you shake it up then you'll see that it's creating soap that's that's, oh that's you know, so cool they actually do yeah so you put them in a little in a little laundry bag thing and put them in your wash and I also just add some some borax and some washing soda again which are natural products from the earth they mm-hmm. come from the earth and I do use some essential oil in my laundry just Same. to make it smell super nice and that's how I wash my clothes now and you know it is possible to to do these things without having lots and lots of chemicals involved so really good I'm glad you brought that up because it is a really good thing for people to be aware as well yeah yeah I think if people could start with like changing their law how they do their laundry changing the lotion or what lotion or potion they're putting all over their skin and then their deodorant that's like a really good start in terms of the skin part yeah yeah absolutely so yeah food what we're putting (laughs) in our bodies and water as well. Water is a big one. We need to drink lots and lots of water. And as you mentioned before, you know, you're, you sweat and that's detoxification and we need to keep replenishing that water and super important. And our urination is a detoxification process as well. But being aware of what's in your water is very important as well. And tap water most in most places around the world has a lot of chemicals added to it. And then also, you know, it may be traveling through pipes that are really old or, you know, just made out of materials that are not very good quality. So I highly, highly recommend that people do filter their water Obviously, we don't want to be buying water in plastic bottles. And a lot of the time when you do that, it's really just tap water anyway. So getting a good quality water filter, there are, again, a lot of them out there and doing a bit of research on some good quality ones. So I use a ceramic water filter, which takes out the things like fluoride, any... um, any medications that can end up in our water stream. Heavy metals as well is a big one that you want to be removing from your water. So, and there are others you can buy, like, again, I'm not sure of what brands are everywhere, but there's things like a Zazen is the brand where it adds minerals back into the water as well as filtering out the things that we don't want. But just being aware of that. And also another thing to be aware with water filtering is 
a lot of people have fridges that actually they get their you know their drinking water through the fridge and it will have some kind of a filter on it but it's not going to filter out all those things including heavy metals that you really want to get rid of from your water so do be aware of that you really probably need to buy a specific water filter you can even get whole house filters if you want to filter all the water that you're using and that's another thing that's really important for the skin as well a lot of people you know, will actually have irritated skin because in fact they're bathing in chlorine every day because we have chlorine added to our tap water. So if you own your own home and you can afford to do that, then a whole house filter is a really good idea. And you can't even get much cheaper um, like shower filters that you can literally just put on yourself. Don't even need a plumber or anything to do that for you. And then you're getting nice clean pure water going onto your skin going back to skin but yeah so water is a really important one to to get clean as well and I always like to say to people you know with all of this stuff we want to do what we can do easily and quickly and not get stressed about what we can't do and not get stressed about the fact that we've been doing these things for years and years. The worst thing for toxicity is stress. So, you know, if you're out and about or you're at a friend's house or you're at an office where you can't access the water that you might otherwise want to drink, then you, it's still really important to drink water. That's the number one thing to do is to drink water, whatever water is available. But when you can, with all of these things in your own space, when you can make things as low tox as possible, then that's what's going to have the biggest impact. Then food. So there is things to think about in terms of how it's grown. So what chemicals is it grown with? So if you're going to be thinking about that, then obviously we want to go down, start to go down the path of buying more organic food. And then there's also the chemicals of what it's what it's made with, what it's processed and manufactured with. So we want to go down the path of less processed food. And then thirdly, there's what it's packaged in. So again, we come back to that thing of plastics and food that is sitting in plastics. Uh, you know, that's often the highly processed stuff that's designed to have a really long life and it's sitting in plastic and those plastic particles are gradually, you know, leaching into the food. So that's the three aspects. So with organics, I think it's really important Obviously, for a lot of people, they just feel like it's a big expense and it's not something that you want to necessarily start buying everything organic all at once if you're gradually going into that process because it, it is more expensive because it's not grown with the cheap and eas easily obtained chemicals that all your standard produce is you know, time and attention and love is is taken in, in producing those products. So it is more expensive. And if you can't afford to go all organic, like I don't I don't buy absolutely everything organic. 
even now years down the track there because there are some things and again it's going to depend on where you are but there are some things that are grown pretty much without any chemicals so I'm really lucky here in Victoria in Australia our blueberries don't get sprayed because they don't need to the the bugs that eat them are not in this state of Australia so we can buy blueberries pretty much from anywhere here that's just one example but uh yeah, so you, you're best to think about what do I eat the most of? So if you eat, you know, <clears throat> a banana a day, a banana is probably not a great example because they have a great peelable skin that we take off and, and buying organic is not so important for that, which is another tip. But say you eat an apple a day, then it's a really great idea to start buying your apples organic because it's something that you're eating a lot of. If you're eating a lot of, you know, you had have oatmeal for breakfast every day, then again, start to move towards an organic version of that. And also being aware of buying the less processed ones as well. So not the, the quick oats that take two seconds to mix together and make into a yummy looking porridge, but, you know, even maybe going towards the steel cut ones, which are the least processed ones that, you know, have a lot more of the nutrients still in that product that you're going to put into your body. Do you have anything to add to that, Anna Marie, being a naturopath? Um, you know, I think one thing that is really cost effective is to like, especially like with blueberries, I love blueberries. Oh my gosh. They're like so good. I like to get wild blueberries frozen. Um, they come from Maine. So in the States here, really to, to get the wild blueberries, they ideally come from Maine, but, or even like our local Costco, they have organic blueberries frozen and they're, uh, when you can get them frozen, there's all, it's a lot less costly it's actually probably might end up being about the same as buying fresh non-organic and that is because you know there's not as much risk involved in terms of they pick the fruit or even the vegetable you know like frozen broccoli that's organic and then they freeze it and then, you know, and then you can buy that there. I mean, it does come in, you know, the plastic bag, but one thing with blueberries, when they are actually frozen, when they're flash frozen, they actually, their antioxidant rate goes up. So they're, they're even more healthy than, um, you know, the, the fresh ones. But so I think that, you know, for people, when you're thinking about what to buy and the cost involved. I love how you said to start with what are you eating the most of number one? And then don't forget that there are other options in terms of if you can't always buy it fresh, you can look at frozen as well. And I think that sometimes that is that is overlooked quite a bit. And then going to your farmer's markets, really important. Absolutely love a farmer's market. Um, (laughs) That's really true. And also, you know, thinking about the health of the planet as well, you want to buy food that's come from as close to you as possible. Yeah. Um, We want to, we want to cut down the carbon carbon emissions of the production of that food. So yeah. um, And the frozen stuff coming in plastic. Yeah. We can't avoid that, but plastic is most dangerous. The more warm it is. Warm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, look, I'm the same. I do, that's a really great tip. And I do buy frozen berries, especially in winter, you know, when they're not in season. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, if you're buying them fresh when they're not in season, they're coming from a long way away. Right. right. You know, it's it's not going to be great for the planet to do that. 
so yeah, I, I think that's that's a really great tip. And yeah, then the other thing that I briefly mentioned with the bananas is thinking about, well, what am I, what do I eat that I'm eating, you know, the skin, I'm eating the whole thing. So right. things like your tomatoes that, you know, you're going to eat the whole thing, you probably want to start thinking about buying them organic. Now, a really useful list, especially for people in the US, is the Environmental Working Group's Dirty Dozen and Clean yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those people who outside of the US, you do need to be aware that there's different ways of growing growing our fresh produce. So like I just mentioned with the blueberry example, they'll use different chemicals depending on, you know, what, what it is that they're dealing with in each different place. So I know that in Australia, the environmental working groups, the clean clean 15 and dirty dozen is not quite accurate for us because different things are used but some of the ones that probably everywhere all over the world are important to think about buying organic especially if they're things you consume a lot and they are things that you should consume a lot are your leafy greens Mm -hmm. your herbs your palm fruit so that's like apples pears things like that berries in general are one that you definitely should buy organic because they're they're really they really soak up those chemicals yeah. really a lot yeah so yeah so that they're kind of ones that you know throughout the world you should probably be starting to buy those things organic and the other thing is the more that we all buy organic and yeah. we're you know we're showing consumer demand for organic food like you I'm sure it's the same there there's more and more organic stuff available at our local mm-hmm. grocery store here because you know the big supermarket chains realize that that's what people want so that is going to then luckily bring the prices down so really good reason to to do that then the other main thing with food as i mentioned the process aspect and most processed foods are going to have heaps and heaps of additives. So there'll be flavorings, colorings, preservatives. Mm-hmm. You know, you just think about preservatives. So you're eating something that has been had a chemical added to it that's designed to make it last longer. What is that going to do in your gut? Is your yeah. gut going to be able to digest something that's designed to hang around for a really long time? <laughs> our bodies, our bodies can't deal with these things. So again, it's coming back to looking at an ingredient lists. Yes, your trip around the supermarket is going to take a lot longer after <laughs> listening to this podcast because you are going to be looking at all the ingredients on everything. So definitely the same as with your skincare products. If it's got an ingredient list a mile long, even more so with food, avoid, avoid, avoid. Mm-hmm. That is not a natural whole food from the earth. That's what you ideally want to think about. You want to think about, is it something that I could walk to a farm and pull off a tree or dig out of the ground or whatever? Or, you know, is it made from from things that that I could do that with? And is it something that my grandparents or great-grandparents, depending on how old you are, would recognise as a food? Because so many things that people consume these days, they're not food. They're food-like substances. Yeah. They're not, they're not 
anything to do with what mother nature can provide for us which is what our bodies are designed to process and assimilate and be nourished by so looking at at your the additives is really really important and really avoiding them that's you know i just i just don't and and you will find as well so i find now that if i do eat something so say i'm out somewhere and you know have something that probably has some additives that i wouldn't consume at home i just immediately notice the difference oh yeah it's just like oh what is this what are you getting so you will you will become more sensitive to that and which is great because then you just don't have it you know I'll just so often be saying no to something when I'm out now because I don't know what's in it yeah yeah oh absolutely I know and it's it's actually a lot when you become more aware it becomes a lot easier if you want if you don't try to be perfect with it right like like you said like do the best you can um, but then also it's like okay can you pick it from a farm can would, would it be an animal that you could kill right or you can catch and then just going from there because there's so much food we can eat it's just that with all the programming and advertising around us we you know assume that these convenient protein bars or these drinks are like what we should be consuming and it's it's really it's really not good for us and nor our children and so I think it's just it's it's great to have these conversations because I think people just they just don't know right so you just don't know and then once you know you can you can choose to do to do better and you will start to feel better for sure yeah yeah absolutely and (laughs) the other thing to mention with food is thinking about what you are cooking with So what are your pans, your Mm -hmm. mixing spoons, your bowls that you're mixing things in? What are they made of? Because, again, a lot of the time it's plastic, which, you know, look, I'm not saying go and replace your whole kitchen because that's a ridiculously expensive exercise. But just gradually start to to weed the plastic stuff out get rid of the plastic mixing bowl and replace it with glass or metal use your beautiful old-fashioned wooden um, i use wood (laughs) yeah wooden yeah mixing mixing spoons um silicon is okay when it's not heated or look we don't really know yet there's not enough research done on Mm. silicon but the you know the suspicion is that when it's heated is going to be leaching chemicals as well so you know those silicon they're great I, I have a great one that I love for putting my frosting on my cake but you know I don't want to use it when I'm mixing um you know risotto on the stove yeah Uh, The metals that your um, pots and pans are made of is really important to consider as well, because a lot of them, again, are going to leach into the food that you're eating. I can, I got, give some specifics around that if I've got it here. Sorry for all this. Yeah. Oh, Teflon is the worst one, really. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The non, non-stick coating on on anything is really bad for you. So it, it will leach into the food. It's carcinogenic. So it's cancer causing. So really 
avoiding those things and and when they then get a scratch in them it's even worse because the the cheap metal that's been used to make the pot is coming into your food as well so aluminum is a, a big no-no for cooking for your cake pans and your pots and pans as well nickel Use glass yeah glass is fabulous glass is the best thing to use nickel and copper can also be found in your pots and pans as well so again it's about researching and making sure that you're buying something that is does not contain those metals and it's not going to be easy like you're going to have to buy through a company that specifically only deals with that kind of product because they're they're produced at a huge rate and people you know they'll buy their their non-stick pan for a few dollars and use it for you know a few months or a year or whatever and then throw it out and get another one and again they're contributing to the ill health of the planet with all this waste that we're creating and in the meantime your body is getting chemicals from those metals and teflon that it doesn't know how to process and Mm -hmm. you know we it's and just another thing to be aware of and again please don't you know become super stressed because that's what you've got in your kitchen it's just (laughs) a matter of gradually changing things over because you're just it's just a matter of gradually reducing the toxic load on your body and in the meantime you know doing all the right things around getting enough sleep getting some movement into your day you know eating eating that some more beautiful organic food so doing all those other things to support your body and your detoxification systems and one of the best ways to detox as well and i'm sure you vouch for this anna marie is eating lots of vegetables because Mm -hmm. then your digestive system can can um, detox more easily because it's got all that fiber that allows your body to remove what it doesn't need Oh yeah. Before our call today, I had, whenever I make myself a salad, I literally get like the biggest bowl and I get a big glass bowl and you would think it's like for five people and I put in some organic blueberries, my mixed greens. What else did I put in there? Oh, I chopped up a organic bell pepper and then a little bit of chicken. And then I use, I like primal kitchen. You guys have primal kitchen out there. No, I don't think so. So it's, it's a salad dressing where the base isn't canola oil or vegetable oil. It's made with avocado oil. So just good healthy fats there. So anyways, that was what I, you know, and it literally took me, took me like three minutes. I just throw everything in a bowl and just mix it around. So the idea that it takes so much time to to eat healthy is, is kind of silly. It's just, you just getting the ingredients is, is where you have to spend your time. And then preparing fresh ingredients is actually pretty, I mean, I find it pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of chopping and throwing it. I'm the same. I actually started making my salads in a massive pudding bowl. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Totally. You always need a bigger bowl than you think you're going to need. So you might as well go right out there, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so great. Yeah. Thank you so much for all the information today. And I would love, I'll put in the show notes, if you could send me some of the links with your resources and we'll add those to the show notes so people can, can dive into, to those resources. And, you know, I love 
what you reiterated is that, you know, you just start with changing things out. It doesn't have to be all at once. And I think that that's really important for everybody to, to take in. So we do the best that we can when we know and um, exactly. give the time to make the changes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we end this podcast? I was just looking at my notes about detoxification, you know, just thinking about what I said before that, you know, people, I don't want people to get really concerned about you know what what they haven't known up until listening to this so I think we've covered a lot of them the food movement you know you absolutely have to move your lymphatic system can't work which is our big detoxification system in the body if you're not moving it it needs muscle contraction to actually work Um, sweating which we've talked about as well so you know that you know getting your heart rate up a bit so you are sweating or even doing things like sauna a great detoxification process drinking lots of water having lots of sleep yeah and relaxing it's a really big one so whatever it is that you find joyful that that you know gets you into that parasympathetic state is going to be great for your body to detox and then you know obviously there's more specific things like you know you might want to listen to some relaxing music you might want to do a guided meditation you might want to take a stroll along a beach or somewhere else beside water which is you know they're starting to do research into that as well as obviously the green you know forest bathing kind of concept but the blue being near blue as well any moving water is is really great for your system to help it to detox then even things like massage and dry skin brushing are mm-hmm. really great for detoxification as well. And fat loss. So our fat cells, you know, store and trap toxins. So when we are able to reduce the, the amount of fat in our body to, to lose that fat, then it's going to, that is a detoxification process in itself. Now, there's a lot that may be involved in that. And Anna Marie is probably a better <laughs> person to talk to about that than me. But just being aware that, you know, that is what the fat cells do. And when we can reduce them, then we are detoxing, which is a really wonderful thing to think about. Yeah. Amen. I love, I love all of it. Thank you so much. Well, Arwen, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. And I know that the information you shared is going to help so many people. So thank you so much. That is my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it's been great to chat. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happywholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.